Native Roots Radio may be pre-recorded. It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor's. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. They are, Robert. This episode of Native Roots Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focused on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we are honored to have Dr. Uh, Zimmerman on again. And we had an awesome show a few months ago, and I'm really excited to have Dr. Zimmerman back on. And I just want to say uh, that she's a co-principal investigator and senior director of policy and programs at the National Native Children's Trauma Center, NNCTC. She's also a formal former tribal senior policy advisor at the OJJDP uh, Office of Juvenile uh, Justice and Delinquency Prevention. Welcome, uh, Doctor. So good to see you again. Nice to see you too. Thank you for having me back. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we have a lot of issues to talk about here, and uh, you know, we talk a little bit about we we talk a lot about trauma, and we talk a lot about uh, in Indian country how. Our families have been affected by it, whether it's uh, boarding school, which, you know, I read recently that everybody has been affected by boarding school. That's Native American uh, one way or another. And Mm -hmm. but also the healing. And I think that's what uh, we'd really like to talk about with you is all the great work you're doing with with the healing with our children and um, just uh, the positive things that. are happening and uh, let's talk a little bit about that today. Okay. Well, um, I have. I, I, go I'm ahead. sorry. Sorry about that. I have a quick question. You know, as a co-principal investigator at the National Native Children's Trauma Center, could you share some insights into a specific challenges faced by Native American children and families regarding positive childhood experiences and sure. adverse childhood experiences? Sure. So just just a quick reminder about the Adverse Childhood Experiences uh, study that got the conversation going in the late 90s, um, talking about the impact of adverse experiences on well-being uh, in early childhood on well-being throughout the lifespan. And um, so a lot the work that we do is trying to intervene from zero to 18. Um, and the work that we do is very much about um, identifying uh, trauma, not because if everything is trauma, then nothing's trauma. So being able to, how do we identify uh, those children and youth and, and adults who who are being impacted by their trauma histories? Um, the, uh, the other is to uh, be able to identify uh, or understand the impact on child development, on adolescent development, and even into adulthood uh, as we age. Um, the impact on relationships uh, and the ability to, for instance, gain friends or maintain friends, the ability to engage in and sustain a romantic, loving relationship, uh, the impacts of parenting for a parent whose trauma has a trauma history and uh, who is struggling to parent and doesn't know why. So we're looking at those negative impacts, but also there it's not um, a life sentence. Uh, we know that we can heal from trauma. And we now know some of the research out there is telling us that healing can come through our cultural ways, uh, through our spirituality, but also uh, we've, we've, the research is beginning to show that positive childhood experiences can truly offset 
um, the impacts of traumatic uh, adverse childhood experiences. So uh, it's 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 important to really pay attention to that, and uh, it makes it uh, community wide. You know, we've all heard the saying, "It takes a village to raise a child." Well, all of us can play a role in the healing of our individual family members, our families, our, and our communities. And that's that's really the great news. Uh, positive childhood experiences are experiences in childhood that really build a child's sense of, of belonging or connection. And that's that's really what trauma does. It, it really disrupts connection. It disrupts um, uh, uh, attachment. It disrupts relationships. And that's a big piece of how we build resilience uh, in children. Um, and it's really about building those connections, prioritizing relationships. What does that look like? Um, fostering a sense of well-being with them, helping them uh, practice uh, taking care of themselves physically and finding a sense of purpose within their families and within their communities. You know, I think that what is interesting is in child development is that at during adolescence, it's a time when we pull away from um, our parents, right? And we mm-hmm. begin to have our own individual thoughts. We begin to have become our own person. Well, right. in tribal communities or communities that are uh, indigenous communities that are, have a collective way of being, it's, we are pulling away, but we're, uh, not just stepping away, but we're stepping into our role, the role Mm -hmm. that we'll play in our family, the role that we'll play in our communities. And so that it gives us a sense of purpose and that really builds resilience um, with our kids. Uh, And, and it helps them move, find and move towards their goals and gives them opportunities for some self-discovery. So I have a question. So how do we get our young ones involved in this? Because if they're young, young, um, sometimes the parents are a roadblock because, you Mm -hmm. know, um, I know me being 62 years old, uh, uh, you know, our parents, my parents didn't believe in certain things whether it was uh, therapy or medication or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I see that still uh, at, at times. How how do we reach and how do they uh, reach that place where they can get help for their children? Sure. So just knowing that it may, it may not necessarily have to be a, a long-term therapeutic uh, method that's used, although that can be very helpful. We like to say at the trauma center that relationship, relationship, relationship is really the evidence-based treatment model for all trauma, healthy, uh, connected relationships. So, for instance, if you think of the early childhood programs in your communities, whether that's Early Head Start or um, you're funded mm-hmm. through uh, ACF to provide zero to three, um, that's identifying those people in the community that can help that zero to three-year-old develop in a, in a loving, nurturing, safe environment where they feel not just physically safe, but psychologically safe. And as, and again, as they age head start and then developing those relationships in, in, with schools is particularly in high school where there can be, there's a necessary need to feel connected and helping, helping those adults understand how important they are and how important their roles are in the lives of these, of children zero to 18. Um, as they get older, helping the youth identify at least uh, two people outside of their families that, you know, they feel gives a care about them. That could be a Boy Scout leader. It could be a coach. It could be an English teacher. It could be their uncle, Bernie, or you know, the aunt, yeah. Sarah, anybody that, you know, just helps them feel. Um, and then helping them, helping them grow as good friends themselves, being able to be good friends to the, to their friends and being able to identify good friends is a good good start. Perfect. Hey, this is Native Roots Radio, and we're here with Dr. Zimmerman, uh, who's a co uh, principal investigator and senior director of policy and programs at the National Native Children's Trauma Center. We're going to uh, come right back here uh, and talk a little bit more, and I want to kind of ask a little bit about what happens sometimes to our young ones that check out maybe 
puberty time or 12 or 13 years old, it seems mm-hmm. like they really get maybe in touch with their feelings and of, of their trauma and uh, things like that. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that when we come back. Okay, sounds great. Right. Hey, you're listening to Native Brits Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions, when we relearn our values, when we live our teachings, respecting our elders, cherishing and honoring our children, when we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be be no room room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. End-of-life decisions are not easy to make. Hi, I'm Mary T. of Mary T. Hospice Care. It's important to make sure that this difficult time is meaningful and comforting to you and your loved ones. Our hospice team provides an individualized program of physical, emotional, spiritual, and practical care so your loved one is comfortable and not in pain. At Mary T. Hospice, we understand that choosing the right hospice care provider can be overwhelming. But we're here to assist you. Learn more today at MaryTInc.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This episode of Native Roots Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. Hey, Robert, did you know that nearly 80% of brain growth happens in the first thousand days and small moments of interaction like talking, playing, reading, and singing help create the pathways that build a child's brain during this early stage of life? No, I didn't, but I just read that here too. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, and you can find more information at littlemomentscount.org. Hey, we're here with Dr. Zimmerman, uh, who is a co-principal investigator at, and senior director of policy and programs at the National Native Children's Trauma Center. And we've been talking a little bit about, a lot about trauma, but I'd also kind of want to switch a little bit here and maybe we can go into, because time is going so quick, I want to know... Um, how does positive childhood experience research contribute to the development of trauma-informed practices, especially within indigenous communities? That's, that's something that really sounds interesting. Well, I, uh, I, I might sound like I'm talking in circles, but let me begin. So we, all, we have known that our culture has, been, uh, has played a role in our healing for centuries, Right. And so I can remember talking with tribal leaders who would say to uh, federal funders or state funders, why don't you let us do what we know to do to heal? And why won't you fund that? Why do we have to have these evidence based treatment models that you guys always want to push on us that that we don't identify with or that don't fit in our communities or with our people? So a big piece of the positive childhood experiences, in my opinion, this is just an opinion, um, can be those sorts of activities or experiences that we can create for our children and our youth. Everything <clears throat> from uh, helping our children get their spirit name or their Indian name, the tribal name, teaching them the tribal ways of connecting to uh, the spiritual world and how to pray 
uh, for, you know, even like learning how to smudge, if that's the, the cultural ways of your tribe, um, learning how to reach out to te- uh, elders or spiritual leaders or cultural teachers in a respectful way. I, I, I believe that some of the young people that you were talking about before we went on break, those young adolescents start mm-hmm. to check out because they just don't know where to go. They just okay. haven't had the guidance of where to go to ask for help, um, understanding their tribal history, uh, making sure that you as a provider connect with the local schools because connection to the schools is a big piece of feeling uh, of a positive experiences for our kids. I like to think about for, so I am Nakota and Dakota, and I like to think about how uh thinking about contemporary coup stories, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what does that look like? How we mastered something, how we grew from, you know, resilience is really bouncing back or adapting to adverse experiences and sometimes even growing from it. So helping the youth learn the impacts of trauma on their body, on their thinking and their feeling, um, helping them identify their triggers and, and then helping them also learn coping skills and strategies so right. that when they become dysregulated um, and or they're impacted by a, by a sight, a sound, a smell, physical contact or a posturing of, of an adult, that they can go into mindfulness of breathing or meditation or step away and create and find ways to feel safe again. Yeah, that uh, sounds great. And I, what I hear over and over again and, and uh, during the show and also today is like community, 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 whether it's our elders, whether it's take a village where, uh, you know, a lot of people are brought up by their grandmas and aunties. Mm-hmm. And there's all those things that that make us strong, but also uh, are difficult, too. Yeah, exactly. And we do know the research shows that the uh, decreasing the negative experiences or the traumatic experiences is really helpful, but all, almost even more important is the increasing the positive experiences. Mm. So the positive experiences uh, test asks about uh, eight or nine questions and it's, and it's, and it asks people or adolescents or even children before the age of 18, I was able to talk to a family member about my feelings, felt that my family stood by me during difficult times. Mm. I enjoyed participating in community traditions. I felt a sense of belonging in high school. I felt supported by friends. I had at least two non-parent adults who took a genuine interest in me, and I felt safe and protected by adults in my household. So you can see that the more of those positive experiences that a child can have, it can really go a long way in buffering the impacts of adverse experiences. Yeah, and to remember those experiences, too, because mm-hmm. sometimes you get in that dark, dark hole and you go, well, wait a minute, I have these friends that have really listened to me and support right. Me, even if maybe my parents don't or can't or unable to, mm-hmm. uh, that's important. And I'm, I'm just thinking back in my, uh, my childhood because there was a lot of uh, macho uh, men <laughs> stuff where you know, you know, you're not feeling that way. Yeah. Don't cry. And it's just like I was right. one of those people that would do the opposite because I felt like if I would cry, I would never stop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I yeah. And wherever, and we can find. I mean, it's just, again, relationship, really con- being connected with someone that you know cares about what you think, feel, and also creating a safe place for, mm. for, for children, uh, whether that's a, a, school, a school room or a playground or your grandma's house, just knowing not just that they're physically safe, but psychologically safe. Right. In my experience, too, as a, a former high school teacher, too, with these small communities and with having an all-Native homeroom and things like that, that um, if you're there and consistent, uh, the walls will be broken down. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's another, you know, a key thing for, for people that are working with children, youth or even adults, depending on how, what capacity you're working is, is to remember that you know that you are safe uh, and thoughtful, caring person, but that person may have the person that you're working with, that child or youth, may not doesn't know that, and so some of their behaviors can be off-putting, and some mm-hmm. of their behaviors can be really challenging. But they don't know that, and they have to test that. They have to make sure that they're safe in your presence. 
Right. And they do test, let me tell you. And, uh, <laughs> yes, they do. I had a quick, I got to tell you a quick story and I'm going to do it really quick. Uh, so uh, I had a, a native student who did my announcements and who was my go-to person. And she was very smart and she was very, uh, a, she was a good person and doing well. But kids were jealous of her too. And, mm-hmm. um, and they thought that I, um, she was a favorite of mine. And, and I always said, well, she was a favorite of mine because she does the right thing. And uh, the year after she graduated, we were at a powwow, a, a school powwow. And they said, hey, she's down there in the gym looking for you. And I said, well, I don't really care because you're my kids now. And they were, she wasn't even in the building. They were just testing me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And they are good. <laughs> And they've since graduated, and I've been to their graduations and reminded them of that yes. story. And all all I got back was a big smile, like, yes, you caught us, or whatever, because it was <laughs> funny. Because that's the way it yeah. is. It's like, you know, um, being a teacher for 30 years, know, knowing that you have to meet people where they're at. And sometimes Absolutely. it's difficult to, to know where they're at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, which is what we talked about in the earlier presentation of understanding what the that what the function of the behavior is that's happening mm. in front of you with that child, that youth, that student, that patient, that client, um, and really um, understanding that it may be based in trauma and it's to not take it personally and to learn how to create safety in your presence. We're, we're winding down here and we always, I always feel really good about our conversation and, um, and I'm sure our audience is really interested in what, but, you know, looking ahead, what are some of the key priorities in uh, the future directions of this field of trauma-informed care? You know, I really do believe that the positive childhood experiences is going to gain a lot of traction, mostly because we we can intervene in the life of a child or, or a youth with very, very, it's low cost, high impact just by developing mm. strong relationships. Um, I think that's going to be a big piece of the conversation and uh, really understanding the epigenetics of trauma is probably going to be something that we learn a lot more about so that I, I know I think a lot about why uh, my people struggle with diabetes uh, or, or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease when they've never smoked, those sorts of things. I, I really do think that uh, some of our chronic diseases in our tribal communities are directly re- related to the epigenetics of trauma. Absolutely. And then uh, we only got a little bit of time left here, but I, uh, I want to leave us with uh, that it's community and we need to uh, listen to everybody in our youth. And uh, when they do say something, listen to them. Right, doctor? That's right. They, they know what they're experiencing. And if you, if you let them tell you the truth, they will. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, hopefully we can make this a every couple month thing because this was too <laughs> quick and too fun. I hope you uh, appreciate us on here as much as we appreciate you because this is amazing information that not only our native communities should listen to, but all our all our listeners out there because trauma is involved in everything. And but we're really focusing on the great work that you're doing, and I really appreciate you being on, Doctor Zimmerman. Okay, well, thank you so much for another invitation. All right, cool. Hey, this is Native Brits Radio. Up next, uh, Bob Blake from Red Lake. Oh, I like to say that. Uh, with the solar <laughs> bear, with the solar news, you're listening to Native Brits Radio. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. 
Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's fair financial banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance. No credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a fair financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's fair. Fairfinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepare Plus Prosper, a nonprofit organization and is not a bank. Banking services are provided by Sunrise Banks and a member FDIC. Are you remote workers putting your company at risk? Not sure what steps to take to secure your data? Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark. The Rymark team is guiding our clients through these difficult times. In fact, demand has been so high, we created an easy-to-follow guide with the five steps to securely work from home. It's yours free. Download our five steps to securely work from home now at rymarkit.com or call 651 328 8900 for a no-cost how-to discussion. Hi, this is Gina. Matthew, I will not read this next line. I'll be your snookum wookums. Fine. My husband is the sexiest radio host in Minnesota, Matt McNeil. Dang straight. When it came time to replace my vehicle, I wanted an option that was safe in the environment. I wanted a hybrid. My RAV4 hybrid is a greener vehicle without sacrificing style and comfort. I love my Toyota hybrid. Toyota hybrids are incredibly fuel efficient. Test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. From chasing fall colors on a scenic road trip to epic hikes, fall festivals, apple orchards, or long hours on a patio, fall in Minnesota offers clear blue skies, an endless tapestry of color, and unmatched beauty. Perfect for setting the stage for any colorful adventure. Plan your dream trip at ExploreMinnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance. But what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 60, Thursday sunny with a high near 80, and Friday sunny with a high near 77. Scotch Mamas offers huge taste out of a little place. They offer mouth-watering baby back ribs, grilled chicken, and half-pound pulled pork sandwiches. Located at 3 West Diamond Lake Road near the intersection of Nicollet Avenue and West Diamond Lake Road in Minneapolis. Find their menu and more at scotchamamas.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Nacti's Four Sisters Farmers Market, happening every Thursday on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis from 11 to 3. And if you're heading out there tomorrow for the pickle contest, which is happening from 12 to 1, uh, come say hi to me and Robert. We are hoping to be out there as well, testing some of the pickles. Cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. This is the second annual, and I remember the first annual, and I was not able to make it, and uh, I was kind of butthurt, but uh, I'm glad we we have it on our radar now, and we're going to be able to go out there. Hey, we have Bob Blake uh, from Red Lake, and I love saying that, and I also love having him on the show, and we usually talk about the Solar Bear with the Solar News, which is his company, and brings us some great updates and great talk about the, the future really because we i know years ago we'd talk about things and it's happening now and uh but i want uh we have two segments with you bob and i want to like ask a couple personal questions because i don't think we've had uh this is your life kind of uh segment with you in quite a few years and it'd be great to have our new listeners 
And Haley wants to know, too, about you and uh, your past. And I know last time we alluded about you working with Prince uh, as a bodyguard and, you know, things like that. So tell us a a little bit about the young Bob Blake and uh, how he's gotten to this point in his life. (laughs) So that was actually, Robert, my claim to fame, right, was I was (laughs) a bodyguard. I was one of the uh, uh, executive protection people for uh prince and um i you know i i uh started working uh downtown minneapolis at a place called uh the quest nightclub it was actually glam slam at the time and it was switching over to the quest nightclub and uh was owned by a guy named gilbert davidson and um the interesting story on gilbert was he was the guy who helped prince negotiate the purple rain um the Purple Rain uh, album, basically. Wow. Okay. And Prince gave Gilbert, like, I think it was like a 1% Gilbert. If you're out there, anybody knows Gilbert, I'm sure Gilbert could tell you the real, the what the percentage was. <laughs> <laughs> but he got like 1% of the royalties or something. And it was an wow. astronomical amount of money. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and, um, and Gilbert is just the best guy in the world. Um, and um, his, uh, his, his brother-in-law, Joey, uh, Guzman, um, just was one of my best friends and, and, and we just, uh, started working together. And, um, one day, um, you know, the, the, the Aaron's, uh, Aaron Lepins, uh, who is now head of security at the U S bank stadium. Um, and, uh, another guy, Aaron came up to me and said, Hey, you want to come out and work at the, you want to come run the front door at, at the studios for us from now on. And, um, you know, and I said, absolutely, um, yeah. because it's extra money, extra cash. And um, <laughs> and then there I was sitting out there at the front door. And then on, on another night, another occasion, I was just out there, um, Earl Gabberdon. And if you ever see the video of Axl Rose, Guns N' Roses, Don't You Cry, mm-hmm. there is an African-American gentleman following Axl Rose. Big guy, big guy. Mm-hmm. That's Earl. That's Earl. And Earl comes up to me and he says, Bobby, he goes, can you go to Miami? And I thought, sure, you know, a couple of weeks from now. And uh, he said, okay, uh, uh, go home and go get your bag and meet us at the airport in two hours. And that was it. I was on the road for literally like, I don't know, like the next year or something. It was pretty incredible. Well, uh, it's it's funny. Uh, I used to go to Glam Slam the second floor, you know, where all the VIPs were. And I would yep. get in there, and um, because I was doing media back then for for mm-hmm. Glam Slam, and and knew the guards and all that to let let you in upstairs. And the funny thing about Prince was, you'd be standing there, and all of a sudden a group of people would be around, and then he'd be at his table, like magic. It was yeah, like, well, he was he, surrounded you know, was really- by his bodyguards, and boom, he was there magically and i'm going hey i didn't even get a chance to talk to you you're sitting at your seat and there's no way i'm going to talk to you now <laughs> yeah no i mean it was just a great time in my life robert i got to travel the world i got to see things that i never normally wouldn't do um i always tell people if you get the opportunity and the chance to fly first class and stay in five-star hotels please do it because it's a wonderful it's a wonderful time and and um i um i treasure that time in my life and um, it was just a great opportunity. Funny thing that happened, though, um, through all this is, you know, obviously, you know, I go back. And I'm done working with Prince. I go back working at the club and everything for Gilbert and Joey. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, my, my mom comes down from Fort Totten with her with her friends. And <laughs> they're down here for the Vikings game. And my, my, my mother is staying at the Normandy Inn with her friends. They get picked up by my brother in his squad car because my brother's a police officer. So they get driven to this nightclub where Mm -hmm. they're taken through the bat, through the VIP entrance up the elevator and they're given their own table with bottle service. (laughs) And understand these are women from the reservation. (laughs) Never seen all these people in their life. (laughs) VIP service. The owner of the club, Gilbert comes down over there and sits with them and talks to them and, you know, my mom is just immersed with all this hospitality. <laughs> it's time to leave. They take off, and Bill comes back and picks them up with the squad car, front door service, and yeah. drops them back 
back off at the at the hotel. These women for the next fifteen years talk to my mom and tell that story <laughs> all the time. <laughs> hey, Bob. You know how how we know each other is through your brother Bill, and I'd like you to just talk a little bit about Bill, the late great sergeant of the Minneapolis uh, Police Department, uh, and just when I remember him as a young kid, just a mellow, nicest person you'd ever want to meet, and uh, you know we miss him dearly, and I know. Um, you being the younger brother by quite a bit, uh, you must miss him uh, tremendously too. Yeah, no, I mean, um, my my father died when I was, um, you know, when I was nine, when I was eight years old, eight nine years old, and um, mm. you know, uh, you know, my, my my mom's remarried, so Bill was actually like assumed that father role with me, wow. and so you know, and he um, he and my brother Joe. Um, and, and they were both in the drum and bugle corps with you, Robert, at the, with the yeah. St. Paul Scouts. Yeah. Um, they, they, um, they, they really raised me, and and mm-hmm. I owe a lot to who I am today to those two guys. I mean, including my mother, of course. But um, you know, the, without without their guidance, um, I don't think I would be doing the things that I'm doing um, if it wasn't for them, and, and that's for sure. But Bill was just a wonderful guy, great guy. Um, received the Medal of Honor, uh, Bill of Valor. From the city of Minneapolis, Clyde Belcourt actually was the guy who put the the medal around Bill's neck that time when he when he got the Medal of Valor. Wow! <laughs> um, and, yeah, and so um, Steve Blake, uh, my cousin, um, was with him uh, mm. when Bill took on two shooters at Legends Bar in Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, some guys came in to rob it, and Bill had a shootout with them in the middle of the bar during lunch. This is <laughs> you can't write this. You can't write this. Um, every news station was talking about it. It was incredible. Um, and, uh, and, and Bill, Bill took him on. And so anyways, uh, he got, he got the Medal of valor for that. And, um, just a real highly decorated cop, uh, everybody, you know, in the department law enforcement and throughout the state of Minnesota loved him. Uh, just mm-hmm. a great guy. And I always wanted to do the right thing. And was very passionate about, um, helping native people in, um, in native countries. So, um, yeah, we're, we're to this day, his, his children, by the way, um, you know, when he passed, he asked me, he says, Bob, can you get the kids through college? I'm happy to say to everybody right now that I got three of those kids through college. They got their bachelor degrees and mm-hmm. I am on the fourth one right now, Robert. So, yeah. um, it's, so I will, I'm, I'm, I want to, the day that I see my brother again, I want to say, Hey, I got your kids. I got all four of your kids through college. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember we used to have Hennepin County Sheriff on the show, and he just when he realized who you were, he was just blown away because uh, of the legend of your true legend that your brother was and is in the in the law law enforcement community. Oh yeah, I mean my my brother, you know, my brother took a lot of heat sometimes, you know, because he advocated for uh, you know BIPOC issues, so to speak, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and he spoke up a lot about a lot of things that I think we saw transpired. And, and I think that, you know, yeah. history, history now has proven my brother right in a lot of yeah. those situations now. And, and I don't want to deliver it or anything, but uh, just he was always about uh, doing the right thing. And, um, you know, that's what he would always tell me. He said, Bob, he said, you know, um, I always do the right thing, you know, and, and um, everything else will work out. So, yeah, I'm extremely proud of him and I'm proud of his kids and, and where they're going and um, and just in and, and, and just the involvement that Bill and 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 Steve, um, my cousin yeah. Steve, uh, who was with Bill during that time when, when they were they had that shooting, um, you know, all the work that they did in the native community um, and with Steve, with the American Indian movement, uh, uh, just incredible. Right. Uh, so these were like these were like my my like my uh, how do you say like my, you know, my guiding principle guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's it's amazing to be around. Uh, individuals like that and hear them talk and, and hear them discuss certain issues and mm. um you know it, it's it, it, it's no wonder that i'm in this role now i'm doing the stuff that i'm doing well i i just got to say this in the next two minutes and uh next segment we'll talk about the solar bear with the solar news but uh is that our careers have kind of paralleled ever since uh I can't remember, was I the best boy or were you the best boy when we went down to Iowa and did the presidential uh, forum? <laughs> <You're good. laughs> you know, you want to know something funny, Robert? All these 
all these like agencies like PBS and all these people that come up to film me and everything now. Like yeah. I always tease them. I'm like, you know, I'm a key grip. I did key grip work before it <laughs> for Robert Pilot and Native Roots Radio. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I was giving out your shirts uh, to all the politicians. <laughs> right. And I said, you, you had no idea I was giving out all your shirts to all those politicians. Well, one of them was holding it. We have a picture of uh, Amy Klobuchar holding a resist shirt, and I'm going. Well, we're we're resisting her. What the? How'd she get a shirt? <laughs> and there she is. And I'm like, Amy, get over here. Jump, take a picture yeah. with Robert Pilot. He wants to give you a shirt. You weren't even there. You come show up. What's going on? Robert, sit down. We're gonna have a shirt. We're gonna have a a, a picture. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still on the oh, air. Yeah, that was a good That's time. Hilarious. All right. Well, that's a little bit of uh, Bob Blake's history here. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about some solar news and the solar update. And maybe before we do that, Haley might have a question about who you are, too. Ho! Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we're here with Bob Blake from Red Lake. Ho! Stay with with us. us. Stay with us. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Well, uh, Haley uh, has been uh, producing this show and very well, Bob, for uh, since May or June. I don't, it's been a long time. Um, doing a great job and she doesn't know as much about how you and i uh, know each other or or what you are all about and i'm going to give Haley a quick uh, opportunity to ask you a question before we get into the solar news with the solar bear well pina gigi thank you dega uh you know thanks bob i've gotten to know you quite a bit um on our wednesdays and you know i really enjoy all of our conversations but thanks for sharing all of that about you i had no idea um I am a huge fan of Prince. So my question, I guess, all of the stories that I've heard about Prince, he is a, or was a magician. I mean, the guy just 
completely would disappear from events and people would try to get pictures with him. So, I mean, he must have had an extremely talented uh, crew of bodyguards. I mean, because how did you guys do it? How did he escape all those events? Well, I mean, you know, when you're so like I would I would get the job to go advance a club, right, or advance, you know, uh, uh, you know, an arena, you know, uh, wherever he was performing. Right. So I would be sent out to go advance. And so that's what we call it. You go scout the location out. Right. And one of the things that you're looking for is you're looking for a second and third extraction point or you're looking for a second and third uh, escape route. OK. Um, and, and so. You, you have your first, you have your second, you have your third. And so, you know, each one of those areas, you know, you want to be able to. So if one area is blocked or one area is, you know, you, you can't get him out of there, you know, you want to go to the second part and, you know, or, or third. And, and you want and you want the, the guy that's worked that's with him, who was usually Aaron at the time, um, let him know exactly which way to take him. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, that's really that's really how we did it. And um we used a lot of, uh, you know, uh, let's see, Mr. Mr. Kroskowski from Russia is in room 281. Well, that was Prince. Prince was in room 281. <laughs> but his but his alias was uh, Ivan Kroskowski. You know what I mean? Is, you know, sure. we, always had, we always had, like, you know, these, these cool names that we would use for, you know, these different areas. Because, see, everything went through me. So I would order his food. You know, he would wow. like say, "Hey, go pick up the go pick up the clothes," you know, or whatever. They'd go shopping. I mean, and they would go shopping for like, I mean, thirty thousand dollar jackets, or I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, like right. I could buy like a million jackets with the price they're paying for these things. <laughs> exactly. But like, but like, you know, and you, I was picking up, and I'm here to pick up, uh, you know, uh, you know. Mr. Suarez is, you know, <laughs> you know, you you really <laughs> would just switch these names around, so. You know, it's always things like that that we would do, right? Um, yeah. And then, and then we'd always like, you know, try to have it moving too. So, like, say if we started at one angle of the store, and say he wanted to walk through the other angle of the store, you know, we we'd say, well, pick up on the other side of the, you know, area so he can just walk out. You know what I mean? Um, oh. And 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 you know, and 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 he would always give us like float. We'd cut float money, so float. And in that float, you know, we would we would end up tipping with. So you know, okay. you know, egg handlers I always got fifty. You know, hotel bellhops I always got a hundred. You know, and his his direct his direct thing. What he said is, he goes, you know, I want you to make sure that you tip the individuals that need to be tipped properly. You know, yeah. Yeah. and so you know, and 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 the word that came down for me from the other guy was. Um, Bob, you know, don't worry about over tipping. That's what he wants, you know. So, um, unfortunately, I picked up those bad habits, and I still have a, a bad <laughs> habit of over tipping to this day, even yeah. though I don't have Prince money. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> but it, it, it surely was like those kinds of things were like, I mean, we, we, you know, and, and we would just do that all the time, and and and, and incidentally. I had some really interesting limo drivers out there that I worked with that had some crazy mm. stories. Oh, you know, I that, bet. And, and what we would we, say, we were sitting outside of Spoggle, right. Or something, you know, in Beverly Hills. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Prince would be in there eating, you know, with his wife and the other bodyguard would be with him. I would order us Domino's, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> have Domino's delivered with like Cokes and we would sit out and I'd sit out there with my, with my, um, limo drivers and other limo drivers that were driving other celebrities would come over and they'd be like, Hey, can I buy a slice of pizza from you? You can just have a slice of pizza. We'll, we'll, we'll order two more. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. so funny. Cause I had all the limo guys sitting out in front of Spago one night eating like these four pizzas <laughs> and, and they were just all telling us who they were driving and we were all just talking, but it was, it was a really good time though. It reminds me of that song from uh, what was his name? Uh, Won't you stay just a little bit longer? That old uh, Brody song. Yeah, yeah, that Jackson Brown. Right. Now, Jackson Brown. Now that's Winona's buddy. Jackson right. Brown is Winona's buddy. Yeah, and we went to the concert. She took us to the concert last year. I was there. Yeah, you're Robert. You were there exactly. Right. 
There you go. James I'm Taylor. Robert. Yeah, lurking around with a James Taylor shirt. (laughs) So, guys, I got some. I'll I'll finish up here. Um, I got some great statistics here from the solar news here, some solar data right here, and I just want to rattle off some some um, some metrics here. Um, People that are currently employed by the solar industry: two hundred and sixty-three thousand eight hundred and eighty-three people across the United States. Oh. And this is growing every every year. Mm-hmm. Today, over five percent of U.S. electricity electricity comes from solar energy, almost eleven times uh, its share a decade ago. So I, I, that that's incredible. Um, the number of solar businesses in the U.S. now are ten thousand plus. Ten thousand yeah. plus solar businesses are across this country. Um, the top corporate solar users are Meta, Amazon, Apple, Walmart, Microsoft, and get this, guys, Target and Cargill, two Minnesota companies. Wow. Um, Kaiser, Anheuser-Busch, and Yvonne's North America. Um, There is 500 gigawatts of new solar capacity will be installed over the next 10 years. Now, I want you guys to all think about this. Think about everything that's been installed to this time. This is four times greater than what has been installed up to date. So this means that there's 500 more gigawatts that are coming. So this is a lot of renewable energy and solar that's going to be uh, installed. Um, Carbon emissions reduce 175 million metric tons annually. Um, That's equivalent to 39 million vehicles off the road, 20 billion uh, gallons of gasoline that is not used, 2.8 billion trees planted, and that's the shuttering of 47 coal-fired plants. I mean that these are just amazing statistics, yeah. and um, the, the the price of of solar has declined in the last ten years by forty three percent. So, you know, in a normal world, all the stuff gets more expensive, right? In 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 this world that we're living in, it the the solar is actually getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper every year. So, right. I I just feel like this is just incredible statistics um every 44 seconds a new solar project is being installed across the united states and um uh the 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 value of this market is 36 billion dollars 36 billion dollars so um these are just incredible stats and you can find them on all on the solar energy industry association's website please check it out and everyone um that's the solar news with the solar bear Right on. Hey, Bob, can you stay on a little bit? I want to ask you something after the show, if you could hold on just for a minute or two, right? Absolutely, yeah. Right on. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. From Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, vote, do solar. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier now.